My name is Ibi Aslam and you're listening to Ibi Aslam Uncensored. Welcome to my podcast where we discuss property, business, lifestyle and well-being. If this is the first time you are visiting us, then please hit the follow button on your app. Don't forget, we are also on YouTube. You can watch these interviews in full there too and join the discussions in the comments. Just search Ibi Aslam Uncensored. There's new episodes every week, so I'll see you there. I follow him, he does pull-ups and chest. he does pull-ups and chest. <laughs> pull-ups and chest, yeah. <laughs> whoa, 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 bro, this is a balance thing, is it? I'll, I'll tell you what, drink a sip. Yeah. Drink a sip or two, and then it's easier for you to pop there, right? Mm-hmm, indeed. So is that alcohol, yeah? No, it's cocktail. It's a, I hope it's a virgin espresso martini, yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. That's what they told me. You <laughs> <laughs> chatting shit. <laughs> nah, yeah, I'm a good boy. Okay, okay. Well, listen, Shaz, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> nice. <You're funny. laughs> Every time I see you, you're always smiling. Listen, life's too short not to smile. I know. Yes. Are you never stressed? I'm always stressed because how you can manage your stress, innit? I love that about you, though. Like, every time I see you, you're always smiling. Yeah. Um, and you're everywhere. That's why, we're, that's why people say, where's Shaz? And the answer is, everywhere. Yeah. So, who is Shaz? Tell me in your own words. So, a little, how in, you a little intro. Shaz? Okay, fine. So, I'm Shaz. I'm a mortgage broker. I work with property investors, getting their finances sorted, which is bridging, buy-to-let, you know, investment and finance. But really, what I do day-to-day is I network a lot, I travel a lot. Yeah. I'm on social media a lot, do a bit of content. And, and that's how I get clients, really. So, yeah, traveling, networking, and doing some mortgages on the side. So, for networking for you is, is massive, isn't it? It's, it's, that's how you get clients, I suppose. So, you need to be at every single networking event, don't you? Yes and no. I think initially, when you're starting off and you've got no clients, yeah, go everywhere. Hmm. When you've scaled up to a certain level, then be very selective because your time is, is important. How old are you? How old do I think I am? You're young? In your nah. 20s? No. Late 20s? From 37. Okay, okay. You don't, you don't look surprised. No. Nope. <laughs> like, look, you, you look a bit, you know, pres- you've preserved your age. Thanks. So you, how long? smiling, isn't it? That's why. Yeah. Smiling and happy, right? <laughs> yeah. I think I need to learn a bit more of that from you. Yeah. Because I'm always... Grumpy. And no, moody. you're not. Listen, I've seen we just had a photo shoot and you were smiling then. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Why are you sitting like that? Just, just how I sit. Style, yeah. Professional, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is the blue tick seating position. Okay, okay. So, Shaz, tell me, like, joking aside, like, how long have you been doing mortgages for and yeah. your, your brokering? And have you got your own firm or, like, how did it start off? Yeah, yeah. So, I've been, I've been in finance for 10 years now. Wow, okay. Uh, working for corporates, Barclays, and Lloyds. That was pretty boring. That was just residential mortgages, you know, first-time buyers and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They made us redundant uh, six years ago. Moved all the jobs to Liverpool, not even offshore, <laughs> right, to Liverpool. And mm. that's when I went self-employed, started working with investors and going all in on that kind of market. So I've been working with investors for like five, six years now. Um, and yeah, last August, so August 2022, mm. set up my own company. Yeah. So I've got my own, own company, own business, got a few staff members and stuff. Trying to grow the team, but it's not as easy as, as it sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess with your mortgage business, you've got 10 years experience in finance, right? So you were working with these big blue chip companies. So you was working for them, right? Working for them. To be honest, the churning business, you know, people are coming, calling in because they know the name Barclays or they know the name Yeah, Lloyd's. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no ownership really. It's just churn and burn. To, I mean, again, I was a lot younger then and that is fine to a certain degree. But would I do that now at that income? Hell no. Absolutely not. So for someone who, who's basically in finance or who's working with them companies, what, what are they looking to get paid around about? Um, it's not changed a lot. I think, to be honest, you're looking at 22, 23, 24K plus commission, overtime. Yeah. They give you a lot of overtime. Oh, do they? There. Yeah. And it's okay. I think, I mean, I got into sales then. Right. I think learning the skill of sales. I've been good at selling for, for a long time. I think sales, effective communication, marketing, those are the skills then that really make me good at what I do now. Interesting. So you mentioned sales. Mm-hmm. I'll touch, I'd, I'd love to touch on that just a little bit. Can I have a sip of Drink what you want. Wine, non-alcoholic Listen, I've got, you've got biscuits there as well. Thanks. If you want some biscuits. I'll just make sure everyone is non-alcoholic. So. Keep it halal, brother. Yeah. Now that you've said that, now yes. people are going to question it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you never said anything. They wouldn't give it. They wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so sales, right? Yes. So... How important, is in, how important is sales these days and, and what is sales to you? I've been saying this a lot recently. I think in, right now, you know, cost of living, all this sort of stuff's going on. Yeah, yeah. The skill of being able to sell is, yeah. is as important as any right now. Because if you can't, 
sales is involved in everything you do, whether you're trying to get your friends to go to a specific restaurant you know, mm. for the day to make plans, whether you're with your partner trying to make plans, or if you're selling a product or a service, everything, yeah. sales is involved in everything. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's the most important thing. Well, how would someone go about learning that? Because it's a stigma attached to sales, isn't it? Because a lot of people say, oh, they sell stuff, right? But wait a minute, it's the key to everything. It's absolutely key, negotiation, sales. So how you'd get into it is you get yourself around the right people. You know, you elevate your circle, you follow the right people on social media, you read the right books, podcasts, and you understand that sales is everywhere. Yeah. And it's about how you kind of position yourself, how you handle any objections, how you make the other person feel and how you get yourself energetic. Okay, so would you say learning sales is go and work somewhere? Like door knock knock on door to door and um, understand the basics or learn, work in a car place or somewhere or pick up the phone and ring? Like, it's a good question. I mean, my first ever job yeah. was telephone sales. So I was selling windows on the phone and that was hardcore. So they'd give you a book of just numbers and names. You'd call, you'd ring, them. You'd ring old, old grannies and be like, hey, we're... we're We've got people next door, you know, in your neighbour's house. When can we come and see you? Even though you weren't there, right? And you wouldn't, you was like, you couldn't come off the phone until you actually made that sale. Yeah, yeah. So it was hardcore and it was really unethical, but you know, we did it. But that was like, I was in, I was eighteen maybe then. That is a kind of selling. I wouldn't sell like that anymore. But in terms of if people get into sales now, you don't have to be doing car sales or anything. I think everything is sales. It's about understanding that though. So, I'm a mortgage broker, right? Yeah. But the way I generate business is through a form of sales. I'll meet people at networking events, sell my personality to them, sell the fact that you know I've got referrals, word of mouth, my content on Instagram. It's all part of the sales process. They think you're legit, they think you know what you're doing, and either they'll come to you or they'll refer you on to someone else. Yeah, yeah, okay, interesting. So you come out of this job, mm -hmm. you open a business. Mm -hmm. Was this your first business? Um, I've had a burger restaurant in the past. Okay. Called Gourmet Burgers, yes. Before you went into finance or? Uh, just after I got made redundant. So I was still doing mortgages, but I had a six-month gardening leave. So you had a burger restaurant. Where was it? Newport in South Wales. Wow. Yeah, it was Where, good. Are you from Wales? I'm Wales, born and bred. Right, Listen, okay. You've got an international guest here. Yeah, no, no, I understand. <laughs> but I couldn't tell by your accent. Give it a few more drinks, it'll come out. <laughs> born Wales. Yeah, born and bred. So you're from Wales. So, what sort of a restaurant was it? How much did you spend setting it up? Was it established? Did you start it from scratch? How? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, my my cousin, my sister's husband, brother-in-law, uh, yeah. his business partner, their main business is takeaways and, and little restaurants, right? So, that's their trade. Yeah. My thing really has always been, I'm quite creative, so I was like, guys, you know, I'll do your logos for you, do your branding for you, do your menus for you. Mm. And I don't know what happened. I think I was just maybe having a burger at some point. I was like, you know what? There's a gap in the market here. They're for Halal Burger Restaurant in Newport in South Wales. There's nothing around. And... Why don't we set one up? And they were like, we'll do it. We'll you know, happily do it, but you've got to be involved because you're doing nothing. I was doing mm -hmm. that. You know, you'd be being redundant. I was like, okay, well, yeah, I'm doing nothing. So, yeah, let, let's do it. Yeah. So put a bit of money in. I think the initial set wasn't that much. I think it was about 14K each, so whatever that is, times three. And it was a nice two-double-shop-fronted restaurant. And it was good. I mean, look, we won awards, you know, and I know that doesn't mean a lot sometimes, but it was good. We were credible. We had people from Bristol, as far as Bristol, coming to Wales to, to have the food. So really? to me, that's the tester that, you know, people are coming that far into town. But what happened was during COVID or because of COVID and the pandemic, we went really hard on deliveries. Right. Which is great. Business was great on deliveries. But, you you know, the amount they take off, off of their commissions and stuff, suddenly you're left with not, less than what you would have. Yeah. And secondly, once lockdown restrictions were lifted, people just wouldn't want to come in anymore because they can get it delivered. Yeah, yeah. That hurt the business. But it still ran. I just got really busy being the finance guy. So I was like, guys, look, I can't do, I can't be here and there, so I need to leave them. Did you love what you do? Did you love it or did you think that it was my It fun? was my baby, I'll be honest, my baby. Like my, I did the name, the logo, the branding, did the menus. I'm really fussy. I was like, look, if this is the burger, we had a burger called The Godfather, right? I was like, so with The Godfather. Yeah, because like, it's free reign. I can call it whatever I want, right? Yeah, yeah. Godfather, my favourite film. So I was like, the onion rings go on the top. Then after the bun, you've got the sauce, then you've got the burger, then you've got the cucumbers and the lettuce. And the, but if the layering was wrong, I wouldn't send it out. I was really that fussy about it. So yeah, it was my yeah, little yeah. pet project. You know, we had one called the, the, the special Charlie Gambino because like, he's my favourite rapper. Like, I had free reign to do whatever. So, yeah, I, I, I loved Did it. Did you study any, any other burger places before opening it? Yeah, we went all around London tasting all these gourmet burger restaurants. Yeah. What about um, Manchester? Did you study Archie's? 
we know we were aware of Archie's, but that wasn't the, the branding we were going for. Because they do that with names. They do that, don't they? Where you can, celebs go in and give their yeah, yeah, names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like American milkshake. Yeah, there's, 50, there's a 50 Floyd one. I don't know, something. Yeah. No, I think their image is more like American style, so that wasn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awful. But yeah, even, bro, even the interior design did all of it. You know, the, the flooring, the wallpaper. So yeah, it's my pet project. Definitely was something, a passion project that I was in love with, but... Was it, is it still there now or is it finished? It's still there, still there now. Um, but you're nothing to do with it? I'm just not involved at all. But it's good because towards the end, I'd be there, meant to be managing the place, but I'd be on the laptop doing mortgage deals and it's like, it doesn't work. So what did you learn in that business? I learned, the, ma the main thing I learned is that any other business I do, I really want to be hands-on and actually know how to do every single part of the business. So whether it's cooking, cleaning, pots and pans, serving, deliveries, even if I don't end up doing it, I want to know all those skills and actually be able to do them. Yeah. Did you have a social life when you had that place? I haven't got a social life now, so no. <laughs> you haven't got a social life? I haven't got a social life. I see you at every single bar. That's work. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Okay. So how was social life though when you have a restaurant? Because this, this is like... Cause Look, I've, it seems I've, like it's non-existent for most people because it's seven days, early starts, late finishes. Exactly. And imagine when the overlap was there when I started doing the mortgages, I'd be in the mortgage office nine till five yeah 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 get an hour break and then go for you know to the restaurant at 11. so work-life balance wasn't really a thing but again initially because it was my thing i enjoyed it but after a while it's like you know what, i'm really tired now yeah 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 and look you learn a lot from that right it definitely took a lot of learnings and we end on good terms it wasn't a case of we've fallen out fallen out it was yeah. just like you take it back off me yeah yeah okay so you then transitioned to mortgage uh, you broke I went firm. all into it yeah yeah all in you thought this is what i know I want to go all in on this, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. You understood a little bit about businesses at this point because obviously you had that. We, my, How dad, was that? my dad used to have a shop as well. We used to, we used to have a corner shop. Yeah. So I've you know, been around my dad working all hours and yeah. he used to live upstairs. It was that kind of cosy set. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay, it was that yeah. kind of corner shop. Um, so yeah, I've been around that and I knew money in, money out, work ethic, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you know what? I've got, I just thought about something. So growing up in Wales yes. for Asian, how, what was it like? Pay attention, I've got some exciting news for you guys. I've launched a seven day free, total free audio course for you guys, which is gonna help you improve and elevate your mindset. And it's also gonna help you in your business. All you have to do is go and sign up every single day, day one to day seven, you will receive a free two minute audio from me in my own words, in my voice. And what that will do is help you in your business and your mindset. Make sure you go and sign up and let me know how you find it. It's fine. So Wales, where I'm from is Newport in South Wales. Right. It's very multicultural. Is it? Okay. Yes and no. I think it's multicultural in the sense of there are definitely loads of cultures there. When I was younger, we, we were definitely mixed with people. What I've noticed now as I'm older is a lot of the newer cultures that are there, no one really mixes with each other. So you've got the Europeans, they hang around with, with themselves. You've got the Pakistanis who just don't mingle. You know, everyone sticks to their own. So a lot of different cultures, but not a lot of mixing. Okay, cool. So... You got into this brokery firm that mm -hmm. you opened up. Yep. In terms of the setting up the business part of it, was it the same, the foundations? So, I set the business up in August, right? Yeah, just but you at this point, yeah? That was just me from yeah. August with my admin and, and other stuff. But two years before that, I was working self-employed under the mortgage firm. Right. Now, I would class those two years as basically me setting the foundations. Interesting. So yeah. that's me traveling, getting my name out there, making sure people know who I am, not the mortgage firm. Not intentionally, but they know yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they know Shaz. So then when I, when I moved across, that brand, that reputation moves across with me. Yeah, yeah. See, this is the part people don't understand, do they? Mm -hmm. Like, all of a sudden, they, start, they see you appearing somewhere, but they don't understand them years that you put in, Yeah. where you set the ground, the foundation. You've got to do it. Right? And, and it's like... People say, you know, is it hard work or do you get tired or how do you find the time? You've got to make time. If You've got to work it backwards. What's the what's your outcome from doing all of this stuff? Mm. And then you realise, yeah, it is worth it. Yeah, yeah. So you're a mortgage broker. Yes, I am. You're a big commodity to prop people in property. Mm -hmm. Is that all you do, mortgage broking, or do you do other part of finance as well? So, now? yeah, like people do protection. I don't really do protection. Yeah. I don't do residential mortgages. I like to just laser focus on the niche, which is whatever property investors want. So... Finance for investment properties. So you help them get uh, finance in place? Really. Basically, look, you know, these investors, they run their property businesses as businesses, right? They yeah. have a limited company. 
I want to be seen as the finance arm of their business. Yeah, yeah. So they pay us a fee, we get the transaction done. It's it's very unemotional, if I'm honest. So whereas when I was doing residential at Barclays, you'd have your first time buyers. They'd love you. Oh, my first ever house, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd yeah. love you, but you're not going to see them again for another two years. Yeah. With these investors, you're going to see them every three, four months because they're buying stuff. They're regularly. buying regularly, yeah. So they, and they, don't, want, they don't really want chit-chat, right? Here's a deal, here's the numbers, get it done. So you don't do residential mortgages anymore? No, I can do. I'm qualified. I just, it's, it's not my thing. So if a customer came, you would just not take them on? No, I'd, send them, I'd refer them on to someone else. Okay, so you know about them though, right? I know enough about to have a conversation. I just right. don't want to take the business on. Got it. So I've got a question for you. So a lot of people that get involved in property at the start, mm -hmm. they go... Not all of them, like, I know a few that have gone down the residential route yes. first, just to get on the ladder, mm -hmm. and then gone down the buy-to-let route, because their argument is that why would I pay 25% when I can just pay, I don't know, 10%. Now, I know it's wrong, like, they shouldn't be doing it, but what's the, what is the kind of the formula? Like, how can someone, do they get caught, do they not get caught? Is it down to your discretion as a mortgage broker to be like, oh, I've just witnessed something which shouldn't be happening, so I'm going to report them? Or is it like, I don't care what you do? Good topic. I'm glad, no, I'm glad you brought this up because I posted about this recently on Instagram as oh, well. Oh, do you? I did, yes. Yeah. So the way I look at it is, if you're doing something you're wrong... You're bursting to say something. Yeah, no, if, 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 you're doing, if you're doing something wrong that you know is wrong, yeah? Yeah. The first thing is, you, why are you on Instagram talking, like broadcasting that you've done something wrong? Fair enough, yeah. That's the first thing. Secondly, yeah, if someone came to me and they... They made me aware of what's going on. I would refuse to do it in the first place. Yeah. I just wouldn't process it because it's not worth me risking my license for that one transaction. Yeah, yeah. But if I didn't know what they were what they were planning, then you can process it because you're not. You you're don't not gonna know. know. You're not going to know. But what does get me is people on Inst social media broadcasting these things like bragging about it. Here's how I did. Here's here's how this free house did this did this. And it's like yeah, but the first part is wrong, and you know it's wrong. So why like do you, whose validation do you need? Because you're now you're telling like. 20,000 people that you've just committed mortgage fraud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not the mortgage police, by the way. Do what you want. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. But people do that, though, don't they? No, they do it. I think in terms of getting caught and how, the actual implications, I'll be honest. So the lender you're with, whilst you're doing what you shouldn't be doing, they won't have any idea, right? But the problem comes is when you come off that and you want to refinance to another lender, they'll see that you've had a residential mortgage before mm. and they, they'll question it. So it's the exit that's, that's the issue, not the entry. Got it, okay. Because okay. the lender you with, but let's say you go with Barclays hmm. and you don't live in it, you just start demolishing it and turn it into you know, a four bedroom HMO. Yeah. They have no idea. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. when you go in six months to Lloyd's, they're going to see, well, hang on, current mortgages with Barclays, what, what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the issue. So, how many residential mortgages can somebody get before they basically get, get into the buy to let? Just a simple question. Like, let's just say if I. I was actually doing buy to let. Yeah. But I thought, you know what? I'm gonna make. I'm gonna milk this residential sh stuff first. Mm -hmm. So, how many can I really do before um, they get? Basically, the companies, the big companies, get onto me. Like, wait a minute, how are you buying all these residentials? I mean, some say two. Is it some say one? Is it more? Is it less? Or is it? There's no real formula. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not here to, yeah, to yeah. give you these hacks, but I think hacks, hacks, and you know, pro tips. But like, if you've got one residential at a time, yeah. You know, what happens is if people spot trends, so for example, if you go from residential mortgage, residential mortgage, residential mortgage, yeah, and it's apparent that they're then turning into buy to let mortgages yeah, yeah. after one after another, I mean, maybe after three or four, suddenly they'll be like, hang on, there's red flags here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there is um, something called a hunter's report that's like a database where you, a hunter's report, yeah, you end up on a blacklist basically, you don't want to get on that list, yeah, yeah, then you're banned from all. You're basically blacklisted, yeah. Unless Shaz comes in. Like, I'm not even going to support you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only messing. Okay, so um, let's talk buy-to-let mortgages mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. So for someone who wants to get involved in and build a big portfolio, yeah. how much deposit do you need? 25%. Normally, there's some lenders doing less than that, but say 25%. Right. Safe. So when you say 25%, let's mm -hmm. just say a, 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 um, a house is 100 grand. Do they need 25 grand plus legal fees? Plus the fees. Plus so, stamp duty? Plus all the fees, yes. Right, okay. So you're going to pay your solicitor, stamp duty. You might have an accountant setting up your company and stuff. You might have some fees for the agents that you're buying it with. Yeah. Lender might charge you an admin fee. There's valuation fees. So I would say another five five grand for fees as well up front. Can you just mention all the fees that are... Yeah, so you've got stamp duty. Yep. 
you've got your mortgage broker fees. Some brokers don't charge, some do, but let's just say 500 quid broker fee. Yeah. Uh, solicitor fees, probably about a thousand pounds, probably a bit less than that, but let's say a grand. Right. Then the lender might charge you like a 200 pound admin fee just to get the case in. Then you've got valuation fees to value, go out and value the property. That's probably 500 quid. So it's a couple of grand. Yeah. Uh, but those are the fees that you pay up front that you can't add on to the loan. Yeah, so in theory, you're, you're more or less paying something like nearly 30% then, isn't it? Yeah, on, on, on 100 grand, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And what sort of paperwork does someone need to have in place in order to get into that? Sure. So, you know what, this sounds like simple, but some people just forget or don't realise. So, right, you need proof of ID. So, photo ID, passport or driving licence. Yeah. Make sure it's up to date. I've seen some passports given to me and it's like, hang on, this expired six months ago. Oh, yeah, I didn't have renewed it. So, up to date passport or driving licence. Mm. Then you need proof of income. Yeah. So on a buy-to-let mortgage, the amount you can borrow is down to the rent. However, lenders still want to just check what your income is. So if you're employed, it's three months' payslips. Even though it's a buy-to-let, they still want to know. Even though it's a buy-to-let and it's self-funding, yeah. they still want to make sure that if, if the property is empty, could you cover it with your income? Mm. Are you kind of sustainable if you've got contingency, yeah? Yeah. So yeah, employ, if you're employed, payslips. If you're self-employed, it's tax uh, calculations. For how long? One year's fine. Okay. But some people say, look, I'm a director of my company and I pay myself a salary. Am I employed or self-employed? You're self-employed because you essentially you mm -hmm. pay yourself, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, proof of address. Now, normally bank statements are okay, but you can't use them for two things. So I would say something other than a bank statement, so maybe a phone bill, a council tax letter, that kind of thing. Yeah. Then you need bank statements to evidence your income. So if you've got three pay slips, see the bank statements of money going in. What else do you need? That basically is it, initially, anyway, proof of deposit. The, the big one, actually, good mention in this, is proof and source of deposit. So, if you need 25 grand deposit, yeah? Shaz, is a bank statement, 25 grand, great. That's easy. But now I'm like, where's that money come from? Show me, you know, the last six right. months worth of bank statements. A lot of people don't, can't, or the money's been coming in in big chunks, or it's, in, it's from an uncle who's abroad. Like, the source of deposit question throws people off. It's best to have that ready before you apply for mortgage. So, so who asks that? You do you ask that, or do the actual lender ask that? No, the lender asks for it. But I guess our job is to preempt any of their queries. So I'll ask you for it upfront anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. want to know where you've got your money from because, for example, if it's come from abroad, is it from a country that's on a, on a specific list and you can't have that money? Or if it's a gift from you know, if it's a gift from a family member, right? You might think happy days. You know, my uncle's give me a gift. The lender wants to know where he's got his money from suddenly it becomes a bit awkward to get all these documents just for the sake of buying a house. Right, okay, but see a lot of people that have private investors. Mm -hmm. Now, let's just say I, that's going to go in as a chunk, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, if you asked me, for argument's sake, that, Ibi, where's that money come from? And I'd be like, well, I got it from a private investor. I've got a two-year contract with them. Yeah. Um, they, here's an agreement, private agreement, which we've written out. Are you happy with that? Yes and no. So uh, mortgage lenders, if it's a mortgage, like a bike-let mortgage, uh, the deposit has to be your money or gifts from family. If it's a limited company, it can also be money from shareholders. You can't have third-party investors on a limited company mortgage. What you can have investors with is like bridging loans. So if you have right. a project where you're going to buy, renovate, and then sell it or refinance it, mm. you don't get a mortgage, you get a bridging loan, which is short-term. Got it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there, they're happy with investors. But similar thing. You've got an investor, you need to have their ID, their proof of funds, their source of funds, usual anti-money laundering checks that your solicitor should be doing anyway. To take yeah, money yeah, yeah. Um, and they'll also usually, for bridging lenders, because these guys are so risk-averse, right, they have to sign something called a deed of subordination. And what that is, it's a legal document that says, I'm giving Ibi this money, it's unsecured, and I have no interest in the house. All these things wow. add on to your legal costs, and suddenly the investor who wants to be hands-off has to be quite involved. Mm. So the best way to, you're saying, do it is either go down the bridging route. If it's a renovate, if it's a project, right, if you're getting a property and you're going to have no tenants in there for like three, four months, you're going to change the property. Yeah. You're going to then maybe add value and either refinance or sell it. Yeah. Then you don't get a mortgage, you get a bridging loan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand that. But my thing here, what I'm mm. trying to ask you is that see some people don't don't like the bridging route because it's you know you have to pay a certain percentage it's back more expensive it's, it's more expensive like the short is a short period of time with a private investor they might have a bit more of a relationship and feel like that's the route i want to go down mm -hmm. then 
in that case, do they then have to make sure just that all the paperwork's right then? Yeah, so anytime you take money from a, from an investor, yeah. you have to go through a solicitor. Don't just take a bank transfer. And then your solicitor should do anti-money laundering checks on yeah. the investor. Yeah, and as long as that part's done, mm -hmm. and then the lender will be okay with knowing... You still can't do it on a mortgage, though. Right, okay. Mortgages have to be your money, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the question is, sometimes, if you've got an investor putting money into your company, yeah, if it's been sat in that company for, say, six months, at what point does it become your money? Do you know what I mean? Um, or let's say you've got 50 grand from an investor, 50 of your own money in the same account that's 100 grand, mm. and you're going to spend 50 of it, who's to say whose money is being spent? Yeah, yeah. What if you have an investment company and then it comes from there? Like, is it still a bit fishy or...? It, it will be because, again, they, they want to make sure that none of that money, or all of that money is clean money. Yeah. And if it's investment companies, and it's just hard to track. Yeah. Well, the reason I'm asking all these questions is because these are genuine problems no, that no, people are facing, mm -hmm. right? People have got a lot of money, but yeah. they don't know, like, there's no account for it, they're not paying tax on it, there's so much problems going on, right? Yeah, yeah. I, and, I get a lot of Asian customers, yeah? Yeah. And it doesn't happen as much anymore, but do you, are you familiar with committee? Yeah. Yeah. A committee is absolutely legal and above board, right? Yeah. But try explaining that to, like, a mortgage lender. They're yeah, like, well, yeah. hang on, every month this money's swapping around, what's going on? So little things like that, you just have to be clear, because again, there's four of us, five of us here. Yeah. How do you know that everyone's got a clean source of money coming in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, we've got a big audience out here today, so this is the yes, first time no, no, like, we've got a huge audience here. Who's, so who if you want to actually join us for next time, just let me know. You should offer that as a service. I've seen people do that. Yeah, well, we have, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, commercial valuations. Okay. I know there's a thing that you can buy a house, refurb. Yes. And quickly, within six months, get a commercial valuation on it. And you make somehow, it sound so easy. And you somehow so you're going to become, you know, financially free in seven yeah, days. A yeah, six, yeah. seven figure. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but so, how, how long is the waiting time? What's the paperwork involved? And, like, is it a bit of a myth? Yes. Okay. Now, so let's break down commercial valuations. Yeah, First yeah. of all, in terms of time length, there's no real time. You can refinance okay. yeah. within six months. That's fine. Yeah. When people talk about commercial or investment valuations, what they mean is a valuation based on the income of the property and not the bricks and mortar mm. value, right? And that is typical on HMOs, uh, house and multiple occupancy, when you have four or more unrelated people. Yeah. Now, I, I don't, I'm not against them, but, but people have unrealistic expectations. If you've got uh, a HMO, yeah. let's say it's five bedrooms or less, yeah? Mm. You've got a five-bedroom HMO. Yeah. That property can be lived in by a family. Like if some, if you sold it back to a family, yeah, yeah, that's a family house. So Got why it. would that be valued like a commercial asset? Do you get me? If you've got seven bedrooms and above, then you've gone through planning mm. to make it seven bedrooms or larger. You probably have to do an extension. You know, it's probably really funky, and it's no longer a family home. Yeah, so and you then, can visibly see that it's just you can see it's an investment. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen these, some of these designs are mad. Um, so that gets an investment valuation. Got it. Six bedrooms is borderline because it depends. If it's like six bedrooms, all en suite, then maybe you'll get it. But if it's like a six bedroom where you put a stud ball in, in downstairs and that's six bedrooms, then again, it's a family home that could be lived in like a family. So that's the guidance on it. But not all lenders do investment valuations. That's the other thing. So you're going to end up paying like half a percent or a percent more to get the higher valuation. Um, it's not a myth. I think it should be really, really realistic. Yeah. The other concern I've got, just you know, for, for your listeners and viewers, is like, Let's say you've got a six, if seven and above is fine. So on the six bedrooms, the concern I've got is you've got a six bedroom yeah. HMO. You're happy to pay over the odds and get a commercial valuation. Mm -hmm. So you've got the commercial valuation. So now you've got 75% loan against a higher valuation. But in the future now, if you want to sell that house or even refinance it, you're kind of stuck. If you want to refinance it, you're going to have to find another lender who's going to give you that commercial value on a six bed. So you're probably stuck with that same lender. Mm. If you want to sell it, you have to find an investor, a, a buyer, who's happy to pay over the odds. Yeah. Go to a commercial lender to get investment value, because your debt is so high on it. Yeah, so it's like it, it may resolve one little problem in the short run, but it creates like a few different big problems. The exit, down. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, so um, halal mortgages, right? Yes. What I mean by this is like, 
people that want to do what what is the system there with if someone wants to go down the 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 halal mortgages how does it work do you know anything about it yes you don't you don't follow me do you follow me on instagram i did a video i do follow you on instagram yeah thank you but you don't put many stories up i put loads of content up i think i've blocked you just recently in the last day or two (laughs) no no um now so with halal they call it sharia compliant mortgages the market is quite limited yeah i think because the cost of funding it is quite high to get it all approved and actually make sure the money's legit is just very difficult yeah yeah but there's three types of, of halal mortgages. I think this is going to be a really important topic because people probably don't no, even no, know No, no, I'll this. be honest. I did a video on this and I'll be really honest. I was really reluctant to do it because I was like, if I get anything wrong, if I come across like I'm being patronising on the video, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it'll trigger people, right? But luckily, it well received. So three types of halal mortgages, if I can remember them all. And you've got the Ibarra, sorry, Ijara. Right. Uh, with Ijara, the, the, the lender, the halal lender, they buy the property rather than you, so they're mm. the owner. They rent it back to you for a fixed amount per month. Right. It's simple, you know. Just because they've got the cash. They've got they've got the investment funds and stuff, yeah. Right. They rent it back to you. You can have two options. You can either pay just the rent only, or you can pay rent and acquisition, which means your balance comes down. If I was to compare it to a normal mortgage, that's like interest only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Capital repayment, yeah. That's the first one. Second one is called uh, diminishing musharaka. With that, it's similar to Ajara. So, you, but the, the difference is you and the lender, you both buy a percentage, and then the lender rents you back their share. Right. So, same principle, you can pay rent only or acquisition as well. But the difference with this and Ajara is with the second one, the diminishing Musharaka, you actually have ownership in the property straight away. Right. And then the third method is called uh, Murhaba. I hope I'm getting this right. Murhaba. No, no, Murhabaha. It's not Murhaba. No. Okay. But there's a th- third one as well. Third one, yeah. yeah. So with this one, uh, this is more for like the equivalent of bridging finance, if you're going to compare it. With this, uh, the lender buys the asset that you want to buy. They agree a future value, a higher value, and you just pay, again, you pay against the higher value. Kind of like a lease option, in a way. All right. Um, now, recently, there are some lenders trying to make these things work for investors, because there is a market. So there's a lender called Offer, O-F-F-A. And they do halal short-term finance, so basically what bridging would be. And then you can exit off with lenders like Gatehouse Bank, al Bank, onto a longer mortgage. So in theory, you could start from A to Z, do a renovation project on the, on the bridge with offer, refinance with Gatehouse, go from end-to-end, keep it all halal, keep it Sharia compliant. The thing is, though, these finance products are more expensive. So often, in my experience, I'll have investors come to me saying, Shaz, I want to keep it you know, halal. What's that look like? I'll give them the quote. They'll realise it's more expensive. They'll say, okay, what's the quote if it wasn't halal? Just just, just for sake of interest. Yeah, yeah. And then because it's a lot cheaper, they'll go with, with that. So people tend to like, they want to do it, but it's just the cost is prohibitive. Yeah, because if the costs are expensive and the numbers don't work, it's not a deal, is it? Because still, you can still run a business at the end of the day. You know, you're not, you've got to make sure the rent covers your costs. Yeah, yeah. Because I was going to, the way you've just described it there, like I'd run off, it, it seems too complicated in terms of there's this and then there's this. They've just got, I think they've, end of the day, a lot of people, a lot of people their opinion is it's not really halal, all they've done is just changed some of the wording on it. And added big fees and that's And added what. big fees. I, I understand why it's more expensive because the cost of getting the funding in the back yeah. is, is higher. But yeah, if you want to do it, there are options. Okay. What's your passions in life, Shaz? My passion is helping people, serving people. I think, I think. Look, if you I genuinely can, get happy doing, of course, that. man. Yeah, look, yeah, if, yeah. if I can, if I can make someone happy, smile every day, once a day, like that's me done. I can sleep at night. Do you know what I mean? Well, since you've been there, you've made me smile. I'm glad. Like, I'm glad. Yeah, like I've been in Manchester, such a friendly city. You know, I went through Arndale Centre earlier, smiled at random people. People smiled back. That wouldn't happen in Birmingham, you know. So, well, is that where you're living at the moment? Birmingham? No, I don't live there, but I network there a lot. Right. Because it's the closest kind of major city. Yeah, from where you are. From where I am. Um, I think we're here to serve people, for, for me anyway. That's one of my values, is serving and helping. And if I can help people, then that makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's well put. Um, what's uh, I need to ask you about AI, because it's a big yes. thing. Do you know much about it? Yes. Tell me. Is that is that a question generally? Yeah, just tell uh, me tell AI. me about AI. Like how how important is it in in this day and age? Sure. Also, how do you use it for your business? Okay, so I think I think AI is one of those future modern tools. Actually, I actually think is a real valuable tool. So unlike the metaverse, which really has flopped, right, yeah. In my opinion, AI 
works. We've seen proof of concept. We've seen things working with AI that some things are really mind-blowing. Like the, and it's interesting. I was listening to Alex Hormozzi on, on a podcast. And he said, usually with any big technological advances, it's the lower skilled workers that suffer because their jobs get taken away. But actually he goes, with AI, it's the higher skilled workers, the creatives that are losing their jobs because that's what AI can do. It can be more creative, it can generate images, generate text. So it's the skilled workers that have to be worried, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's that. So in terms of real-term use, um, obviously chat GPT, but it's only as good as the prompts you give it. So if, if you put a prompt in, doing a podcast, with, with a mortgage broker, what shall I ask? It'll give you generic answers. But if you put in there, I'm doing a podcast with a mortgage broker who works with property investors, he's been in the business this long, I want to understand X, Y, and Z, my audience is this, what questions would I ask? You get much better response back. So there's still that human element, right? Because it's yeah, always yeah. good as the input you're putting in. Um, but I've seen all sorts of usages. I think in the mortgage industry, there are people speaking like, there are jobs at risk and, and so on. Is it? I don't think so. I think because, especially with specialist finance, which is the area that I'm in, mm -hmm. it's all about the relationships and the experience and the kind of hands-on knowledge, which AI just can't, won't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I think is happening, which is quite funny, is um, I find a lot of things now just being labelled as AI when it's just not. It's just formulas. So, like, um, I'm thinking of an example, but, like, yeah, a lot of tools where it's not really AI, it's not intelligent. It's just doing, if this happens, do this. That's not AI, that's just a formula of if and that. Yeah, yeah. So not everything is AI, but I think AI is, is definitely here to stay. Interesting, yeah. Um, do you invest in cryptos or anything else? Or have you invested yes, in Yes, I've got a portfolio. Have it's you? not great. I don't I'm not very active with it. My friend D Ludlow should be helping me more, but you know, he's not. Maybe I asked should, him about uh, it. Is he coming on? No, he was here last week. Oh he did say. Yes he did say. Actually. Yeah, he was here last week, yeah. Yeah, so I What do you mean he's not helping you? Well, now. I'm why is D not helping you? Why is let's put this on. <laughs> why is D not helping me? Um, oh, that's a joke, though. Uh, we'll clip that and we'll send it to him. Yeah, yeah. That's um, gonna be a good TikTok clip. <laughs> you love your TikToks. <laughs> nah, so I've got a portfolio. I'm not really active with it. I don't trade like actively. Look at the the, the graphs or whatever. Yeah. Which is why I'm tanking right now. Uh, but I've got the basic Bitcoin, Ethereum. Those are the two main ones I've got. I've got some Sol as well. But I don't. I didn't educate myself enough on it to invest wisely, mm. if I'm totally honest. So what do you think of XRP? Do you know much about that? Because no, I've invested I, in Is that. there not a court case where there's blocking yeah, yeah, transactions yeah. or something? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know too much about it. Oh, so you don't know much about no. that? Okay. You've got your own podcast as well, haven't you? I have indeed. Can you tell me about that? Because I really want to know, how long have you had the podcast for first? So thing? I was talking to someone earlier, actually, Lulu, uh, who's your, your guest as well. The, who's Lulu? Lulu Johnson, the Lulu Johnson. Oh, Lulu, yeah, yeah, yeah. L yeah, Lulu. <laughs> Property entrepreneur. <laughs> of course I know her. Yeah. yeah, so I've got a podcast. Um, it's been running for since just since the end of COVID lockdown. Yeah, yeah. I named it after myself. <laughs> yeah. Very modest. Um, it's okay. I mean, it's been going well. So you launched in COVID towards the end of Towards COVID. the end, yeah. Yeah. Basically, there was a period the year before where I'd been on every single property podcast. So no one else was inviting me because there's no other podcast to go on. Same as this year, really. So I was like, look, what, how else can I do it? Like, so I thought, let's just start my own. Yeah. I've got a good circle of property people that I know as a foundation. And yeah. then just get more guests on. I enjoy it. I've slowed down on it because, I, one, I can't do physical ones. I'm too busy traveling and stuff to, yeah, to yeah. do on a studio shoot. So the content on Zoom, just, you know, if you did this on Zoom, it's just not good, is it? Yeah, it's not. I find it better in person. Yeah, so I've slowed down. I think I'm going to pivot and just do more solo episodes. Yeah. So maybe niche and just do really specific finance things. Small five minutes. Because you've got a lot of value to offer in that. You might as well. Yeah, I'm, you know, quali I'm qualified to talk about it. That's the thing that gets me, yeah? You know, a lot of these uh, <laughs> finance influencers, right. TikTokers, right. who talk about finance and money tips and mortgages. Yeah. yeah. But they're not qualified. Like, what's their qualification? Apart from being good at speaking, mm. what's their actual qualification? They're not, they're Seems not... like you're upset with someone. Trigger, trigger, isn't it? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, you've seen, uh, did you see Samuel Leeds' fight with. Uh, Listen, what's, I was going to go, man, Rob Moore. Rob Moore, mm -hmm. who are you supporting? I'm, I, I dislike them both equally. Really? Nah, I have no feelings towards either. I'm, I'm, were I'm, you rooting for anyone in particular? Nah. But I, I heard the event itself was good for the network and the people that was there. Mark Tilbury was there. Who? Do you know Mark Tilbury? No. So Mark Tilbury and his son Curtis, they run a massive podcast in Dubai. Mark's like this okay. older gentleman, but he understands modern business. He's sound. So they had he, big people there, yeah, Crepton Conan. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam no, Lee's. that's his boy, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. But my, I was, Sorry. I was getting to so see, like 
in the property game, they've had a boxing match. Yes. So obviously you're not happy with people talking about money in your game. <laughs> Would you ever do a boxing match with another finance guy? I'm really sorry to cut you off, but I have to share this with you. I want you to get to your next level. And I believe that personal development is the gateway to success. So what I've done is I've gone and created a seven day free audio course. This is totally free. All you have to do is sign up. And from day one till day seven, every single day, you will receive a two minute audio from me, which will elevate your mindset and give you power in your business make sure you go and sign up and let me know how you find it i don't have the cardio game unfortunately come on bro you've My got the shape is, for it yeah listen i'm a short guy six weeks 12 weeks camp are you gonna train me uh, we'll we'll figure that out <laughs> we'll, figure, we'll figure that out if you train me i'll do it would you no okay so since you said you would do it okay is there anybody that you dislike in the game and think or maybe not dislike or just think you know what let's let's let's, let's, let's work out who's number one here nah you know what i don't i don't i'm not a violent person I'd rather just talk about things. Let's just talk no, about feelings. No, boxing is not violence. Fighting is violence. You get violence. knocked your head until you collapse, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You can do, yeah, well, you can do body punches. Yeah, no, not going to happen. Okay, so we're not going to see Shazzy in boxing. <laughs> no, we're not. And you're not calling anyone out, right? No, I'm not. <laughs> okay, so this is a really interesting one, right? I really want to know about this. There, is there mortgage brokers out there that fabricate paperwork to um, get someone mortgages? Or is that a myth or that doesn't happen? It does happen. Okay, so and does it? Have, yes, it does. No, the only reason I know this is because I've had people come to me saying, "We'll they, give they, you." They were like, "Oh, are you, the, are you the kind of broker that does this?" I'm like, "No, go, you know, get away." But yeah, yeah, yeah. So it must happen. It must happen. Right. So I take it. It's like with any, anything, really, isn't it? There's, there's always going to be. Yeah, it's a just dark like, world in it that yeah, does deal. It's just. It's one of those, man. Look, if you haven't got enough deposit, save it for longer. Be patient. If you haven't got the right documents, get the right documents. The right way is the right way for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no reason for the brokers to take a risk just for, for a bit of money. Um, and people shouldn't be risking to just being... It's illegal, end of the day. Do you know what I mean? You're asking for £100,000 of someone else's money. Yeah. And you're fraudulently prying docs. It's just not worth it. Okay, fine. So, boy, it does happen, right? I definitely think it does because I've been approached and asked, will you do this? And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, see if I wanted to apply for a mortgage. Yes. Are you going to ask for my personal bank statements? I'm going to ask for everything, yes. Right. So, so, you know, usually a lot of people are not organising the way they spend their money. Yes, correct. So they gamble. They order deliveries every other they night. They do OnlyFans. I don't know about that. It's a, it's a good topic. Since you brought that this. up, maybe yes. you must know something about that. Yes. But, yeah, but yeah. people spend money, like, just... Without realising... Without realising yeah. they're spending it. So do lenders see that and be like, well, he's not really... He can't even organise his own funds, so I'm going to be a bit careful what I lend him or her. Uh, it, look, it all depends, and it's all about contextualization, right? Right. So if every week on your bank statement there's 20 quid to Ladbrokes, mm. that's fine, not the end of the world, is it? Right. But if over a three-month period it goes from 20 quid a week to 50 to 60 to 100, that's a worrying trend. Yeah. That'll be questioned. Same with OnlyFans. There's, there literally is nothing wrong with an OF transaction on a bank statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if that 50 quid trend whatever turns into 100 to 200 that's the trend that's negative yeah and what lenders really look at is um being sustainable so what's your money in each month what's your money out have you got enough in there to cover your lifestyle plus voids and repairs and, and that's what we look at right okay so would you say to someone that's applying for a mortgage soon that just clean your banks i say to everyone six plan months six months ahead I'm, I'm so yeah six exactly six months ahead because by the time you're looking for a house and you know you, your first one gets declined and stuff that takes a good six months yeah Plan six months ahead. Things to avoid, like obviously the gambling stuff. You know, yeah. the only fans, any any hobbies and habits you want to hide, hide those. Um, but also, like you know, like between friends, mm. you might transfer me some money and just call it, um, I don't know, like AK forty seven money, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Avoid those sorts of things. It's not right. the end of the world, but you just don't want things to be questioned. They're little things, but they matter, right? They matter, right? And also another tip, like a little hack. A lot of people's savings accounts where they put the deposit in. Those accounts, because they are savings accounts, don't generate bank statements for, for like years, like once a year. Don't do that or change it so it's, it's monthly. Because when you need to then prove your deposit and you can't get your bank statement, you're kind of stuck, right? Mm. So, yeah, and also, be, when you're speaking to your broker, yeah. you're like, here's my bank statements, just use, use some common sense. Like, you know, if you can see clearly that you're getting paid, you're spending, getting paid, you're spending, and there's a random 20 grand coming in from whatever, 
explain it. Like it's, it's probably nothing, but explain it before someone else asks you what that yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all about preempting. What about going down the route of using your credit card mm -hmm. for everything and then keeping your bank statement just as your wages coming in and bills going out and that is... Because a lot of people do use credit you cards. You can do. I think if you, if you do that though, and then you only pay the minimum amount back, that's a problem. If you pay the full balance, then it's fine. Because fine. obviously your credit report also matters, yeah? Yeah. With the credit report, ignore the number. If When you get a 999 and you want to put it on the social media, it doesn't mean anything. The reason for that is like Experian and Equifax, they work that number out differently, so it's irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. Pardon me, what lenders look at is like the ones and zeros on the report. So if it's any ones, it means you're one month late. If it's two, it's two months late. Wow. Ideally, it should be zero, 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 zero all the way through. Any numbers on there, explain what it was. It could be that I switched to a new bank account, my direct debit got missed. Yeah, yeah. Just ex explanations. It's all about, yeah. Things. And CCJs, avoid CCJs as well. Yeah, they're dangerous, them, aren't they? Pay the parking fine. It's worth paying the 60 quid parking fine and getting a CCJ. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, I agree with that. I've had loads, but I always what, pay. What, CCJs or parking fines? No, parking <laughs> fines. Yeah. And the CCJ, I think. But I appealed it and got it removed, yeah. You got it appealed? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, you go to a lot of uh, networking events. Apparently. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, West Shaz. Yeah, is, is that all of them? Is it any, like... What would you say now, the ones that you've been to, what are the top two or top three or even best ones? I mean, I'm trying to be a bit more selective. I'll be totally, it doesn't seem like it, but I am trying to be a bit more selective because yeah. time you know, is, is important. So I think in terms of the property space, there's Savoy's. Are you aware of Savoy's properties? Of course I am, yeah. Yeah, so they run these events every quarter. They don't charge anything. There's no real education on it, so no one's speaking. They do a little speech and you just crack on and network. Yeah, but that's, isn't that invite only, right? Invite only guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it only is, guests like you get invited, though, right? Well, I, I'm on, I'm on, you know, I'm on my last, last <laughs> oh, yeah. like invite. But um, I think the good thing there is they get a good group of people in in the room. Yeah, there's always good stuff. There's no no one selling anything. Just having a good time, networking. Mm. You make some good connections. But the the drawback is there's no education, so you're not learning anything there. Okay. Because some people want to go to an event and learn something, come back home. Yeah. So the in terms of the education events, man, I, I'm a bit, I'm a bit jaded with it because. If you go to the same education event, let's say PIN, Property Investors Network, they've got 50 of them down the country. If you go to this one in Manchester and you go there for six months, you'll see the same people doing no deals, coming to yeah, the same yeah, event yeah. every month, and just to feel part of the like the crew. And it's like, people need to take action sometimes. And I feel like, guys, come on, like you need to buy a house <laughs> with all the money. So with the education stuff, it is difficult. I'm not sure who's doing education really that mm -hmm. well. Um, but in terms of networking, Savoy's do it really well. Um, D Ludlow, to be fair, all of these events are absolutely spot on. Yeah, I think I need to go to. I, I think I went to one of his uh, in. Yeah, in, COVID. in Cardiff, we were there. Yeah, uh, was we, that in COVID, isn't it? Was it in COVID? Some, it was years I ago. I was speaking. I was on stage with Ted. You was, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so all well of these events always get sold out. It's always a good crowd of people. Yeah. Um, there's always value because he does. He teaches different stuff. He teaches different stuff. And he doesn't really sell anything. Like he obviously we're aware he has courses or whatever, but he doesn't actually push anything. Yeah. It's all value. So these events are really good actually. Mm. When's the next one? I'm not sure. And they flew on a private jet as well, didn't they? Recently? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Were you on that as well or you No, no, I'm not private jet club. Why? I'm a humble guy, man. Yeah. It's an easy jet for me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, Shaz, how can is there anything that you want to talk about? Anything you want to give some advice to some young people? Anything you want to share? Also, how what's your relationship like with health? Because see, you got <laughs> what you got a t-shirt on, so oh, you're no, flexing. I, just, I, I had a pump earlier, and I just went to the gym before <laughs> I came to see you. <laughs> right. Um, okay, relationship with health. I think my diet's absolutely terrible. So yeah. That's why I go, go to the gym just to try and balance. I know you can't outwork a bad diet, but. That's why I train. Um, in terms of other bits, I think what I would say to my younger self, for example, is be more ambitious and take the risks earlier on when you can, when you've got a bit more time on your side. But it's never too late to start. Yeah. Uh, in terms of social media, like I get a lot of people messaging me, going, "Shaz, your content's so good. How do you find the time? Or how do you get the confidence? And all this kind of stuff." Bro, I'm really shy. I'm not that confident. Okay. But you learn to get over yourself. So yeah, as long yeah. as, as long as the content you're producing is valuable, there's no hidden agenda. You're not trying to rinse people for money yeah no one cares what you look like what you sound like as long as the content is spot on it's right good yeah yeah you can film with your phone you can film with your sony zv e10 camera it doesn't matter as long yeah, as yeah. you're putting something out there and then if you don't want to put your face out there 
Threads, the new thing from, from Meta. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. You're on there, I think I follow you. Yeah, yeah. That app is so good for people who just don't want to put their face out there because it's just words. Yeah? And I'm using it a lot more than Instagram now because you don't have to plan, you just, what's in your head, post. Just post it. You just yeah. post. And it'll show actually people, it'll be more life and not lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like there's no flat fronting on it because it's just text. Yeah. So learn sales. You know, learn how to be effective with communication and learn how to be valuable. Mm. I, I, like, I consider myself a valuable person because of the value I give to people I work with. Interesting, that's well put. What's the, I just want to know, what is the biggest, like, what's, what's been your most, most darkest time in your life so far? Um, now? I mean, keeping it work-related, <laughs> I got made redundant and then started the job as a mortgage, as a mortgage broker, self-employed. Uh, I was there for 11 months. Yeah. And then without any really good, real good reason, I got, I got sacked. And I remember that a lot because I was, remember I was just sat in the car like, what the hell has just happened? Were you uh, smiling? No, no, I wasn't smiling. That was the time I wasn't smiling. Okay. The frown, it was a frown. And I remember thinking like, I'm not, I'm not gonna go home and tell my mum I got sacked from a job. Like, what the hell? Mm. I had no job, then no income, <laughs> I had bills, I had no clients, no prospects, right? But that really led to me going, you know what? I don't want a job again. I want to have my own thing. And then I started going self-employed. So that was me, kind of my light bulb moment. Even though it was like your worst moment, it was kind of your best moment, wasn't it? It's memorable, for sure. And it's, I guess it's the driver. Like, I, didn't re- I don't have many chips on my shoulder. <laughs> but I realised that is it. Like, that, that guy who sacked me, sometimes I think back going, he was an absolute... Yeah, yeah. I'll box him, actually. What's his name? I can't, can't really put it on air, can I? I'll of course you, you can. No, I cannot. No? What is, what's his initials? Uh, HP. HP. It's a big call out here <laughs> from Shaz. If you're watching this, reach out to me. I'll make it happen. Make it happen. Okay, cool. Uh, see, I can see you're serious as well. Yeah, because no, you've reminded me of wow. the bad times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, at least the score will be settled. Absolutely. So, you know, you'll feel better about it. Otherwise, you'll carry it for the rest of your life. So, you might as well... But it, it is one again. of those things, I think, like I said, I didn't realise until recently that I've got a chip on my shoulder about it. Because, Listen. you know what happened? Now that we're talking about it, I'm getting really passionate. It's, um, <laughs> it's, I'm really petty sometimes. So on Facebook, someone was asking for a mortgage broker. I need a, I need a mortgage broker. Can someone recommend someone? Happens all the time. I get tagged. I get tagged. And, you know, everyone tags me. So everyone's tagging me. It's great. Mm. And then I messaged, going, yeah, I can certainly help you. You know, whatever. Give, give me a call. And then this HP character comment underneath on, on my comment going yes I taught Shaz everything he knows and I, then everything came back to me I was like so he's what? still involved in, in the he's circle in, he's, he's watching like, you he's clearly watching me and clearly trying to take credit for what I've built so yeah definitely I think we need to make that happen <laughs> yeah uh, I think you guys will sell tickets okay yeah so we'll what, 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 what are we thinking like are we thinking like Old Trafford or we'll, we'll see about that <laughs> we'll it, see it about has that. to be somewhere I think it'll be good to do it in your own hometown in Wales okay just because, you know... Hometown hero, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. But Shaz, listen, thank you so much for coming on, bro. Awesome. I appreciate it. We'll put all your links and all that in the description below. God bless. Thanks thank for having you. me on. No problem. Cheers. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this episode insightful. And if you did, make sure you subscribe so you won't miss the next one. Don't forget, we are also on YouTube. You can watch these interviews in full there too and join the discussions in the comments. Just search Ibi Aslam Uncensored. There's new episodes every week, so I'll see you there.